As if finding treatments and cures for diseases and injuries of children was not a big enough challenge for researchers, try your hand at building a facility to meet tomorrow's needs for specialized pediatric care. Our next guest is an expert for such a task, dealing with inner-city squabbles with neighbors to raising large sums of money from donors. The challenges of caring for tomorrow's children are enormous. You're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm Bruce Japson, your host, and joining me today is Bruce Comiskey. Mr. Comiskey is one of the nation's foremost experts in hospital design and construction. He is currently Chief of Hospital Design and Construction at the Ann and Robert Lurie Children's Hospital of Chicago, a new 22-story children's facility rising just east of Chicago's famed Michigan Avenue. Mr. Comiskey has held similar positions, heading Children's Hospital Development for the University of California, San Francisco Medical Center's Mission Bay Project, and the Maria Ferrari Children's Hospital in New York. We're so happy to have him join us from his offices on Chicago's north side. Bruce Comiskey, welcome to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. Bruce, how are you? I'm great. I'm great. So I know you from my other hat as the healthcare reporter of the Chicago Tribune, but if you could first tell us, our listeners, a little bit about what you're doing in Chicago and how that relates to some of the trends in healthcare that we're seeing in pediatric care. Sure. Um, very fortunate to be working for Children's Memorial Hospital, and they are totally replacing their current campus. They've been there for about 130 years, and they're moving about three and a half miles right into the heart of the medical complex that is part of the Northwestern Medical School environment. We're doing a very unique Children's Hospital in that it will be the tallest one in the world. It's actually 23 stories high, and it's on a very, very small site. Uh, it's about 1.8 acres site. So a lot of um, challenges in building a, a vertical hospital, but we actually think it will uh, prove that it will be a very effective model for hospitals in the future. And tell us a little bit about that, our listeners. I mean, we have a lot of physicians, medical professional listeners, and how is this going to fit in the concept of even healthcare reform? When you think about, I know that the existing children's facility, for those of our listeners not familiar with Chicago, it's in the sort of cramped Lincoln Park neighborhood where you really couldn't expand. And so in today's pediatric care, you are doing different things. Tell us a little bit about that. The site that we have is really, it's the strategic location that makes it important. It's right next to a brand new Apprentice Women's Hospital. It's only been complete now a little over two and a half, three years. And we'll actually be bridge connected to it. It's across the street from a a garage for our patients and families. And across the street from that is the main hospital for Northwestern Memorial Hospital. So it is in the heart of the medical complex in the city. And the Rehabilitation Institute of Chicago is also right around the corner. So we will have the medical school, all of the researches, the adult hospital, the medical school, and the children's hospital right next to a woman's hospital. Perfect setting for a new children's hospital, which is totally independent. It's got its own board, own management, own structure. And so even in areas of the country where physicians, pediatricians are dealing with smaller scale projects, is it as consultant's advice to try to keep everything sort of simple and connected, or is it that easy? Children's hospitals environments are usually different, and you're really designing for the entire family, unlike adult hospitals, although the adult hospitals are learning from children's hospitals. So the rooms are are somewhat larger because you, again, have to take care of the family. Every room is a single room with accommodations for a family member to spend the night. But the thing that we are really excited about is, as a vertical hospital, why would one want to do vertical hospitals? Most of the large academic medical centers are in the cities. And most of the cities have very little footprints for new buildings. And what we think 
as a vertical hospital with the appropriate elevator systems that our transportation times will be no less and in some instances actually faster transportation times than you would see in a horizontal hospital. We also think staff satisfaction will be good because instead of traveling two football fields to get from radiology to uh, the intensive care unit, you get in an elevator and within 30 seconds you're where you want to be. We also think wayfinding will be better. We think security will be better. So there's actually some really positive aspects of a vertical hospital. Now, how do you do that when you're talking about faster care and getting one place to other? I mean, are there going to be special elevators for patients and special elevators for the workers, or how does that work? Absolutely. There are actually 27 elevators. They don't all go the full distance of the building, but there are dedicated elevators between the operating room and central cell supply. There are dedicated elevators from the heliport down to the trauma center or emergency department and to the neonatal intensive care unit. There are card-activated elevators. So there's a whole science to making sure that you maximize the advantages of a vertical transportation system. And is this something that would also help with the actual care environment, i.e. infections and so forth, when you're keeping the patients and the workers separate and the families? Sure. You want to minimize the general public from where the patients are, which is, again, a reason for separate elevators. And you also want to have a satisfied, happy staff. They're your front line, and, and the more happy and comfortable and The more they enjoy where they are working, that echoes in the care that they give. So if they're not running around a lot and traveling great distances and walking great distances, that may make for a happier work staff. And we're going to actually be measuring a lot of this. Uh, We are one of um, about 50 hospitals in the world that are part of this group called Pebble Projects, which is part of the Center for Healthcare Design. And it is using actual documented uh, research techniques to measure some of these assumptions that we have. And that's really interesting. And you had also mentioned earlier on adult hospitals learning from children's hospitals. Could you elaborate a little bit about that? I mean, I think that's kind of fascinating. Normally in research, even for drugs and devices, the pediatric care is sort of based on the adult model. That's exactly right. But from a facility perspective, children's hospitals were the first ones to really come up with the importance of art. 30, 40 years ago, we were using art in hospitals Now you don't see very many new hospitals that don't pay attention to art and realize that it's an important part of the environment. Same thing with gardens. Children's hospitals were the first to come up with, or one of the first, to really incorporate gardens. Lucille Packard in Stanford was one of the early ones of the pioneers in that area. Now, again, that's really becoming sort of a mainstay that all of the new hospitals are looking for opportunities to bring in nature into the environment. Having a family member spend the night It's an essential component of a children's hospital. You're now seeing adult hospitals also putting in the same sleeper couches because if your loved one is a patient in the hospital and you want to be with them, why should you be told to leave at 8 o'clock at night? Why should you not have the same opportunity as a parent in a children's hospital? Well, if you're just joining us or even if you're new to our channel, you're listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Bruce Japson, and joining me today is Bruce Comiskey. Mr. Comiskey is involved in the Children's Memorial Hospital rebuilding in Chicago, and we're talking about new pediatric care facilities and what they're doing there and what Mr. Comiskey has done in his role as an executive basically in charge of this project. And we were just talking about how he was saying about how adult hospitals are learning from children's hospitals. Tell me a little bit about, I know they have this sort of children's board, and if that's something that can be replicated elsewhere, it seems to be you're getting people more involved in the building of facilities. 
That's a really good point. Children's Memorial is a very inclusive organization. And from the very beginning, we've had over 650 staff members, physicians, nurses, and parents and kids involved in every phase of the planning for the new building. The beauty of that is you you obviously want to listen to the people who you're building the building for, but the other side of it is the more people that are involved in the planning of it, the more vested they are in the success and the more likely that it will be a huge success. So we've had a family advisory board from the beginning, and we have had a kids advisory board. And every other month, as we go through the planning, we would share the plans with both of these organizations. They've been giving us great input. And in the last couple of months, we've been doing something really interesting. We've merged them. It's been fantastic. We're working with uh, about 20 of the cultural organizations in the city to do interior design elements, and we wanted to make sure that they were going to play well with both kids and their parents. And rather than doing it separately, we're getting so much better interaction and hearing much different feedback than if we just talked to them in silos. And is that something that also people can learn from in their own communities when they're building new facilities or doing other projects? Absolutely. Talk to your customers. I mean, who knows better what they want than a group of patients, particularly they're sort of, in a nice way, referred to as frequent flyers. We have maybe as many as 50% of our kids that have chronic disease or illnesses that are in and out of the hospital their whole life. And if anybody knows what they really want or should have or need, it's this group of people. And they have been fantastic in giving us feedback. And you, of course, have been involved in projects in other parts of the country. What has changed and what have been your experiences elsewhere? I mean, is this something that is evolving? And also, have there been any studies or any research to show that these type of facilities, it's improving care? Again, we're only really starting to do the research, and we need to do a lot more of it. But just to give you a contrast, I was involved in a very, very large medical center project in Doha, Qatar, in the Middle East. And um, very, very different environment. And the most important difference was that we weren't allowed to talk to the local physicians and nurses and patients. So here we are as people from outside the country coming in to bring with us what we think is the best and newest technology and healthcare facility designing techniques, but we couldn't really incorporate the local knowledge and the unique elements that you want to make sure you incorporate for a different culture. And you should never impose what we do in the United States in another country and think that it's good for them if it's good for us. So I think a lot of places around the world are only sort of understanding now the importance of engaging the local people in the planning process. And it would certainly make, if you have a more comfortable stay and a better experience, that I suppose even without a study would sort of show you that you are going to be improving care. Absolutely. And those are easy to track. I mean, you have patient satisfaction scores, you have employee. It's a very easy thing to track before and after and see the dramatic difference that the facility can have. Is there anything that you've seen in healthcare reform where pediatric care and in facilities, I mean, is there anything that healthcare reform change is going to bring to pediatric care through facilities? Not directly. And pediatrics, unfortunately, is such a small piece of the healthcare dollar that a lot of focus is usually not on the children's piece. If you look at the number of kids that are hospitalized and the percentage of the healthcare budget for children's healthcare, it's very, very, very small because, in general, most kids are healthy and they don't use a lot of the healthcare dollar. So the new legislation is obviously working its way through, and uh, our CEO, Pat Magoon, is very much involved in, on top of that. But from a facility perspective, I don't see immediate changes other than we all know 
that resources are going to continue to get tighter and tighter. Well, that's actually a good thing that you brought up because I know with pediatric facilities, you rely heavily on donors and children's, for those of you not in Chicago or nationally, they were blessed with a big donor in Ann Lurie, $100 million toward that project. But are there fundraising concerns for pediatric facilities across the country? Well, there's fundraising concerns for everyone across the country that's relying on philanthropy because of the economy. But so far, we've been very, very fortunate. The campaign is going well. We still have a gap to close. We're also fortunate in having Ann Laurie as our major donor. She was actually a nurse who worked in our neonatal intensive care unit maybe 15 years ago and is really very actively involved in the project. She comes to the building committee meetings. She's constantly touring the project. She is very comfortable in meeting and talking with the construction workers so that they get excited to meet her and to see who the person is whose name's on their building. For facilities and for physicians out there who are thinking about a capital project at their center, how far out do they have to start planning this? The earlier the better, but most campaigns are usually in a quiet phase until you accumulate a significant amount of dollars so that you have credibility when you go to the public. So you really start with a very small core of highly motivated donors that have had previous experience with the institution and get some of their commitments in place before you let it be known that you're going through a major capital campaign. Do you see any sort of challenges going forward in any parts of the country with this? I mean, do you think that pediatric care will change where you're going to see even different facilities down the road? Well, you're constantly seeing an evolution of facilities and each one hopefully learns from the previous facilities. So, It's a constantly evolving process. I think we're plotting a little bit of new ground in that we're really engaging the Chicago community in the design of the spaces, particularly the interior design. So we reached out to 20 of the cultural organizations in the city, the aquarium, the planetarium, the art museums, the zoo, the ballet, and we actually have divided up the building and each of those organizations is working with us to do design elements on each of the 23 floors. So what's next for Bruce Comiskey? This hospital is actually going to be open in a couple of years. Are are you going to ride off into the sunset or are you going to move on to another project? I'm not worrying about that right now. That's still uh, about two and a half years away. So focusing on my primary objective, and that is making sure that we uh, complete a, a spectacular new facility for the people in Chicago and Illinois and the region, as well as a facility that can be a model for the world. Is there any just one piece of advice that you would give healthcare professionals out there that are embarking on a new pediatric facility or even a new wing? Sure. Start the process very early and engage as many people as possible in the process. Well, with that, I would like to thank Bruce Comiskey, who's been our guest. He is the top executive in charge of construction at Children's Memorial Hospital in Chicago, which will be known in the next couple of years as the Ann and Robert Lurie Children's Hospital, a new 22-story facility rising into Chicago's skyline. I'm Bruce Japson. I've been your host, and we would like to thank Mr. Comiskey for being our guest. You've been listening to ReachMD Radio on XM160, the channel for medical professionals. ReachMD, online, on demand, and on the air. Please visit us at ReachMD.com. I'd like to thank you for listening.